What's up, Soul Family? Welcome to this Saturday Night Soul Session Live with me, LC. And I got some amazing guests sitting in the green room just ready to come out and throw some fire on this Saturday night. Recovery Soul Food is so honored to welcome Mike Fiore and Andrea Thomas of Voices for Awareness. You know, we're going to talk about some things tonight that, that could make some people uncomfortable and but will for sure, ensure, for sure, enhance your entire spirit. We're going to talk about turning the light on in the darkness. We're not going to talk about fighting the darkness. We're going to turn on the light. And we're going to do that by talking about, you know, fentanyl awareness. What's really going on? We're going to talk about what what's really needed to protect our children and just how important it is for all of us, not just the recovery community or or families of those in recovery, but for every human being on the face of the earth right now to really understand what this is, what the bigger picture is, because, you know, on the on the back end of this fentanyl awareness, we're talking about the Great Awakening. You know, God only sends us angels. And that's something that we have been conditioned not to see. We, we judge everything as good and bad and we resist so much. But in every opposition, in every tragedy, there is a seed for triumph. There is a seed for opportunity. I'm so grateful that Andrea Thomas is, is coming here um, and, and has created Voices for Awareness to speak, to stand on the wings of her own daughter, who she lost to a fentanyl poisoning. And of course, we all know Mike Fiore. He is out also out here in the world using his tragedies as triumphs. So I'm so grateful that these two human beings have come together and that they are sitting here tonight with me, LC, and all of you amazing people. So right now, let me do a few things. I want to talk to you about a book that I love so much. It's my friend Pamela Topjian's book. I didn't come this far to only come this far. You can pick that up on Amazon.com. It's best if you just type in Pamela Topjian. And I'm reading that right now. We know Remy Stowax, Arsenal of Gratitude, if you are in new recovery or if you're new to like a spiritual or just an awakening process, you want to make your life better, gratitude does that. It changes your perception. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about gratitude tonight because there's not a show of mine that we don't talk about gratitude. So you can pick up Remy Stowax's book, An Arsenal of Gratitude. It's amazing for creating a new gratitude practice. And one last book that I am currently reading, I've read both of those, but uh, working in partnership with God, Lou Myers, he is one of the top five financial advisors on earth, and he has written this amazing book that tells about his story and starts talking to us about just how to create a life you love. Now, let me tell you something, recovery community. There are many aspects to recovery, and one of them is your finances, and wealth is born in the thinking. So, Pick that up, Amazon, Lou Myers, and I am, again, so super honored to be here tonight with these two human beings. I am uh, so ready to get into this. So if y'all are ready for this amazing Saturday Night Soul Session live with me, LC, Mike Fiore, and Andrea Thomas, then let's go.
It's the beautiful people in the house. Welcome, Mike. Welcome, Andrea. Thanks for y'all for so much for being here with me Thank on this special Saturday night. Wow. So, you know, it's so hard. We had the most, we probably had a whole podcast episode before we ever hit the live button here tonight, which always seems to happen. But Andrea, I would really love for you to maybe start this thing out by kind of explaining how you come to be here, um, if you're comfortable doing that, and just letting us know who you are and what this is all about. Well, in 2018, I lost my daughter, Ashley. She was 32 years old. Ashley was given a half of an M30. Mm. You know, it looks like a real prescription pill, and it's not. It's made Mm. with fentanyl. And that little piece of a pill took her life almost instantly. And, uh, you know, that morning when I found out what happened to Ashley was the first time I ever heard about fentanyl. Wow. And I couldn't imagine that, you know, a half a pill or one pill could take anyone's life. Um, I didn't even think it was true when I got that phone call. I thought it it sounded so ridiculous to me that Ashley took a pill and that it killed her. And shortly after um, Ashley's service, the day of Ashley's service, we were, uh, my girlfriends pulled me together and they said, look at this PSA. And it was from my local police department. And it had that picture that many of us are familiar with now of the two little blue pills. And I knew at that point that Ashley wasn't the only one, right? There were more for them to Mm. put that out. So, you know, that next morning when really I just wanted to stay in the bed forever and not deal with any of this, it was clear to me that we had to start screaming from the rooftops about these pills. And, uh, you know, I, I went to a local park that day because my daughter had been feeding homeless people and I did not even know. And uh, they were going to have a celebration of her life there at this park on that day uh, while they fed the homeless. And I remember my little seven-year-old grandson was with me, Ashley's son. And I thought, I've got to tell everybody here about these pills. And they didn't know. Wow. No one there knew. And um, so that's how it started. It, and for affected families, it starts with your child. And then you learn about the thousands and thousands and thousands of others. And how can you ever stop, right? You've got to keep telling people. And now after four years, you, you know, we've passed this mark of um, shutting this down quickly. We've let mm. so much into the country and... So many people have died. Uh, we, we need to keep uh, talking about this everywhere and anywhere that we can. And that's really how it started for me. Gosh, can I just, can I just number one, say, wow, you know, what, what a tragedy. And, you know, and, and it not even be, you know, like four years is, that's, that's not very long. But how inspiring, though, that you like that's the love of for your daughter that 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 immediately, you know, definitely if my daughter was here today, Elsie, she would be telling everyone she wouldn't want this to happen to anyone. <laughs> and, you know, on an, on the other side of it, Ashley's death has taught me so much. Um, They say when you've lost a child that you turn, you're a different version of yourself. Mm. And that certainly is true. I was probably much more timid and uh, didn't talk about any big issues. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be talking to senators and law enforcement and and all of these people had I not lost my child. But um, she's really shown uh, me a compassion and an empathy and a different way of thinking. Uh, because anyone that dies from uh, in this way, whether they were unexpected or, or you know they they were a first time user or addicted, there's a stigma that's attached to that, and there Amen. should not be. And that's Amen. why people aren't listening. They think this can't happen to them, right? Amen. And it's happening to everyone. Amen. Uh, there are no boundaries to who yeah. fentanyl. Yeah, there's no discrimination. I mean, like this is, this is, and 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 you said something that's very, um, 
very real in that, you know, tragedy often has has two things mixed with it. You know, there is also gifts in there. And it's hard to talk about the gifts within tragedy because we are talking about something that's so sad. But what you're doing is a gift to many families. And, and I feel like, you know, your daughter's wings, you know, uh, uh, are, are what is, is truly like helping and keeping you going. And, and you know, I mean, just, just to think about, you know, to meet you, um, you know, I can only imagine that she had tremendous, she has tremendous wings that are, that are helping you get this message so far, because it is important. You know, we've been, you know, people like myself and, and Mike and, and Brett and JR and so many people here, we've been out in the world trying to talk about this, you know, stigma issue for a good while now. And it makes, it, it makes even more of a greater impact for affected families to come in and and unfortunately have to learn about this stigma in this way, but to then be able to turn around and share that, you know, I, I remember the first time I heard an effect a, a, a mom speak about losing her son at the very beginning when when we decided we had an opioid epidemic. You know, to me, I'd been in an epidemic you know, for years, you know, like this was not new to me, but I remember her saying, nobody brings casseroles when, when your child dies of an overdose, you know, like nobody comes to the house, nobody, you know, brings stuff like that. And do you think that, that, that stigma has been lowered from a, from a family perspective? Um, you know, do you think we've done some stuff with that stigma or, We've got a long way to go. Uh, yeah. We were talking uh, before the show about social media. And I remember the first interview that I did for uh, the newspaper after Ashley died talking about fentanyl. The first comment that went online was another addict dead. Uh. It's good. Great. We got rid of another one. And I couldn't even get angry because I thought, you know, I knew that that wasn't the truth about my daughter um, with this pill. But, and Ashley did suffer from alcoholism. I mean, she, she was not a drug user. So, uh, her, her deal was alcohol. And uh, that's why she was given the pill. She had pancre pancreatitis and it was extremely painful and she mm. didn't have anything. And I just kept thinking, what if my grandson were to see this comment somewhere? And that... That's what comes to top of mind for many people. And I don't remember exactly what my train of thought was before I lost my daughter this way. Um, but certainly I was never ashamed of my daughter, even with the alcoholism. I know who my daughter was and she was a wonderful person. And so, but the alcohol got to her and her life changed and our lives changed also. But mm. you know, that wasn't my daughter, right? Um, and I have so many friends now in the affected families community that this was a first time experiment for their child. Wow. And they were gone so fast. And so that we're not talking, we're talking now about those that are unsuspecting, experimenting and addicted. And it does not matter one bit which way that it took you out or who you were that it took out. Um, it's all the same. It's a poisoning of America and it is the drug that is the most prevalent today. And that's why we're talking about it. The drug deaths before equally important. You know, Absolutely. we work with the IOD community a lot of the times and they're using our terminology too and wondering uh, why we're coming out so strong and why this didn't happen with heroin or methamphetamine. Well, this is a drug like no other, right? It, there's no time for recovery. Um, in yeah. many situations, one and done. Yeah. And so that's that's where we are, the fentanyl affected families. But you know, all of it is the same when you when you're all of these losses are important. Every single one of these people are important. And so I'm glad to when you said God brings angels into your life, that's what Mike is to me, because he's given us the ability to spread the same message with a different community. We're all just, you know, we should all be saying this no matter where yes. we come from. Which yes. 
Yes, that was going to be my next question of a great lead in because, you know, I, I did want to know a bit um, for those who maybe haven't seen, uh, you know, you guys, your story yet. So, so Mike, how do you and Andrea come to be, you know, together in this in this turning on of the light, so to speak? Um, I mean, I'm going to answer it's just God, God given, right? Because uh, you mentioned opiate, right? The opiate epidemic. This is not an epidemic. This is not a pandemic. It's a plague. We're being exterminated. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is not a drug. It is a poison. It is not yeah. an overdose. Overdose is the definition, right? The excessive use of drugs. You hear the word overdose, you automatically think it's an addict's problem. So you don't yeah. think you're going to have to deal with it. Fentanyl, you're not exempt. You know what I'm saying? You, you, anyone can get it. Recreational users, first timers, you know what I'm saying? Like addicts, like we're all dying from it. So let's change the verbiage a little bit. Let's take off the overdosing because anyone can have it. It's a poison, right? Because just a little bit of it's going to kill you. I've done enough drugs in a day that I should be dead 10 times over, but I'm still here because it didn't have fentanyl in it. Right. If it had fentanyl in it, I would have been dead, right? So yeah. let's call it what it is. being poisoned or exterminated, right? So, like, uh, we're at war right now. This is a national security risk. One of the statistics I like to give is every two weeks, the same, probably more now, though, every two weeks, the same amount of people that died in 9-11 die in this country from fentanyl, right? So what happens when 9-11 got bombed? We started war and we raised hell on whoever bombed us, right? So it is a national security risk. We are at war. And when we went to war, our military used every facet that we had, the Air Force, the, the Navy, the Marines, the Army. This is how we need to fight this war with the families affected, the addicts yeah. in recovery. The addicts using got more power than anyone because if you don't pick up the drug, sell the drug, and steal for the drug, use are putting more dents in this war than any of us can. So we yeah. need you to fight it. Then you have, you have politicians that are fighting in a certain way. Everyone needs to fight this war a certain way. Andrea and I are just bringing something together that should have been done a long time ago because I can't imagine this side of addiction from the, my family's point of view because I was the addict in the family. So yes. I'm able to now see it with from Andrea's side and I'm able to get a new perspective on this and allow me to have a little more compassion and empathy and give me more stuff to be able as far as my arsenal goes using the gift that God gave me and that's the ability to just say things a certain way. But uh, her, her grandson's uh, uncle found me on TikTok. He's like, listen, you got to you got to link up with my aunt. And, it, you know, it took a little bit of a while because I was still in treatment, I think, when him and I first. And then it's like it's on God's time. This is the great awakening. Right. My light is found in the darkness. Right. Yeah. Therefore, the darkness is not even the darkness perspective equals your potential. How you yeah. see anything is how you see it. I don't see darkness right now. Right. All I see is light, and all I yes. see are different paths to get to that light. And this is just one of the paths that Andrea and I are taking, and that's going up and being one voice, becoming the population. They will have to hear us one way or another, and if they don't, we're going to do it without them because we are the population. Absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt. And we were we were talking before we hit that live button about you know there's so much loudness and so much garbage going around that's really trying to pull our attention towards things that just really in the scheme of things are not the the issues they're being made to be. You know we're 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 being we're being inundated with with gender identities with children. We got to protect our children in the bathroom, and we got to do this. And what we're really talking about right now is what's really, really after our kids, because this fentanyl that I'm seeing right now is being marketed as candy. It's being it, it, it's it looks like candy. Now that's not for grown-ups. We don't we don't go looking for, you know, or for addicts. Let's just call it what it is. We don't go looking for candy. We know what we're looking for. But this is for something else. And sometimes, you know, I think that with everything in the world right now becoming almost ridiculous. Like like we're almost the lies are just being exposed, you know, to a point where if you don't wake up at this point, you just don't want to. So, but, you know, I would like for us to really talk about this because I, I, I did. I put out this clip I, I when I first became aware of this 
that this was actually happening. You know, I've been hearing about fentanyl. I, 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 you know, I'm in the recovery community. So you hear about little bits of fentanyl. But when I saw what they're calling sweet tarts and all of this, you know, it, it hit my heart so heavy that, are you serious? Like when, when you're standing over a, a fentanyl poisoned child, does it matter what gender identity they were, what bathroom they used, or, you know, how they found their own identity and happiness. It don't matter. And so what's really going on is that our children need to be protected from what's truly trying to take them out of this world before they even have a chance. So talk to us a little bit, if you if if you want, about this new marketing strategy. Like, why? What did? What are your takes on this? Well, you know, they start this fentanyl starts coming in in these M30s, looking like a real prescription medication. So, a your kids need to know never to take anything that's not prescribed to them or given to them by their parents. Mm. You can't trust anything out there. Then it moves into all of the other drugs, and so, and again, those drugs didn't used to kill people first time use. Right. So now we're, we're working with uh, all these people that we used to just take like a dare program into school once a year, right? You get the pencil, yeah. you get the paper and you're covered for the year or so yeah. we thought. Yeah. The t-shirt. Yeah. The, the entire drug landscape has changed and we yes. need to change with it. And so we need to open our minds to have these conversations. Parents that think that their kids uh, don't know anything about illicit drugs, in most cases, are blinded. They think yeah. that maybe this can't happen to them because their son or daughter is not in a dark alley or uh, somewhere uh, that that we perceive our children to attain drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they just have to pick up their phones now. And, yes. and the distributor is right there. The access is so easy. And their menus of drugs. It's not like you have to think, well, let me think, who do I think is using drugs and where can I get something? Right. It's everywhere. Just type it in, deliver it to your house. And, you know, when we talk about schools and getting the information into school, um, we just have to do this different and quit being so closed minded make sure that not only are we warning the kids, we're not trying to scare the life out of them, right? We want them to understand yes. and know the lethality of this. Yes. Kids used to experiment and they didn't die. Right. Now, one time experimenting and it's over for you. Absolutely. And this yeah. was one of the things we were talking about, so I didn't mean to uh, interrupt you, but this was one of the things that, that we were <clears throat> talking about is, is how in some ways... <clears throat> talking about this, there has been those that that almost accuse, uh, you know, of creating some type of of, of pandemic or create, you know, creating some type of chaos or undue fear. But you know, in my humble opinion and experience, if that's creating that fear within you, there's already a fear within you, like a, a, a spirit of fear within you. I see what you two are doing right here coming from a spirit of love, which is that, you know, what, what do we know that, that fear is faith running wild and, you know, love is faith focused. And so I think that you said something so important about helping them understand, you know, we're not taking a just say no to drugs program in or a dare program saying don't do drugs. This is so much more dangerous. And I can only imagine that your your tactics, you know, are changing with these kids and these times because I didn't realize how advanced. I mean, I think I remember a few years ago when I first saw I saw people dealing drugs on social media i thought are they crazy like this goes against the whole code like we don't do this you don't what are you doing man you're just telling them where you are but this is the world we live in now this ain't this ain't my world anymore it ain't even yours anymore mike like 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 you know like you, you're much younger than me but this is a different a couple years not much no, come, yeah. on. come on come <laughs> on so my my perspective on this whole rainbow pill thing right they say well why would they want to target children 
Like drug dealers want to make money. Why would they want to kill their... Listen, the children are our future, right? Medieval times, right? Didn't kings request payment of children from other countries so they could build their army? It's kind of like the same thing. They're taking our army away from us. Our children are our future. And then bring social media into it, right? The algorithm, right? The five second and the seven second videos. They're limiting our attention span. Everyone's watching five and second second videos and on to the next, on to the next. Our, our brain registers these things more than we might understand. So then we, when we go out into the real world, guess what happens? Our attention spans like a goldfish. It's yeah. just jumping from thing to thing to thing. So I, I, I get the argument that maybe the government is creating some kind of, I get it. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't go with it though. I just don't agree with it because if I was another country waging war on us, just say, I would go after the children. I would yeah. go after because that's the future, right? So, and, and then with the, the, the school programs, right? It's different now. When I was a kid in school, whoever came and spoke about drugs, I wasn't hearing you because I was a right. kid. I was invincible. Yeah. Right? The yeah. difference now is you have kids in junior high school and high school that have had friends die of fentanyl poisoning. That's the difference. I didn't have any friends in school that overdosed on heroin and cocaine right. when I was 12, right. 14, 15, 17, 18, 20, 25. You know what I'm saying? Right. I didn't have friends that were dying like that. And I was in the circuit of all circuits when it came to drugs at one point. So that's the difference. Like, that's why this awareness, like not talking to your kids about sex ain't going to prevent them from not having sex. But they Talk might have it. sex and not have protected sex and then get something they shouldn't get. So tell your kids now. I don't care what grade they're in. Tell your kids now about fentanyl and the awareness and the prevention and what could happen. Because any pill you pick up off the street is pressed. And, you know, we the word laced is used. I kind of refrain from that word because the definition of lace is that it's the minority of. Fentanyl yeah. is not the minority of the drugs that are out anymore. It's fentanyl made with cocaine now. It's yeah made with heroin now let's start speaking what it really is because if you say lace you might think you might get the one pill that's right or you might right i don't i don't ever really remember people dying from sniffing a bag of dope chewing it chewing heroin okay i can see you overdosing sniffing a a bag of uh, cocaine and dying like it's not cocaine Heroin's going to yeah. be obsolete. You're not going to get heroin on it. And Beto, yeah. Andrea said, this is just the beginning, man. Like oh, they, yeah. And that's the scary shit. Yeah. They already have one out. They already got another drug out. I forget the name of it, Andrea. You had said it's in Philadelphia right now. Heavy. Yeah. So, and fentanyl is, yeah, there's worse drugs coming. They're already here. And, uh, but this, this is made to be deceptive looking. And mm. so highly addictive, right? Yes. And so when Mike's talking about a national security issue, and you're we're losing an entire generation. Yes. And you know, not to mention there's even seniors out there that go to the street for for you know, we've had a lot of changes with opioids and medication yep. over the last mm-hmm. several years. And so we have seniors going to the street too, and they have no clue are purchasing pills even online. Because ninety eight percent of our pharmacies, ninety percent of the pharmacies, online pharmacies, are fake. They're not real. They're not legal. So we've got to uh, just understand, spread the message, and it's what's in our control, right? It's what's in the public's control: prevention and awareness. At yeah. a federal level, we need help bad, and yeah. we we you know we pushed with COVID. We're still doing it in a lot of states. Why aren't we? on tv every day mm. right now warning our youth our most vulnerable precious population absolutely for covid we knew within a week mm-hmm. how to wash our hands cover our face where to go what not within a week covid shut the whole world down fentanyl is killing the whole world right now so just like covid you either knew someone that had covid or someone that had covid and died or someone knew some what do you think this yep. fentanyl is you either know someone that died from fentanyl or you have someone that knows someone that died from fentanyl or you have someone that was actually brought back from a fentanyl poison you know what i'm saying like one way or another you're not running from this you could go to a town of 20 people and the fentanyl is going to find you you could go to a city of 20 million people and fentanyl is there waiting for you so let's start, let's start bringing the awareness just become one voice like we're yes. responsible for the effort we're not responsible for the outcomes of things we need to put more effort into it though because we can put more effort into it 
Yeah, for every, for every, you know, we have to not only match the response because darkness is coming, you know, and they're up in their game. So it, it's not that we give up or just match, you know, their effort. We got to go beyond that because we have to continue because you're right. Drugs are changing, you know. I started hearing about, you know, I almost couldn't even believe when I first started hearing about fentanyl and cocaine or fentanyl and meth. And I'm thinking, what is the point of this? Like, who's buying this crap? Like what that that don't even make sense. But, you know, it, there a lot of people aren't getting a second choice. A lot of people aren't getting the choice to go, oh, I think I bought fentanyl cocaine because they're not here anymore. Yeah. And, you know, we started talking about and I think something that's very deceptive is I was doing some research in and they've got you know these different um, numbers mixed with states and my state of North Carolina actually says that it's not here that's bullshit <laughs> that's bullshit and we know it's bullshit because yeah. if if you've been on the street I mean we're even talking about nine years ago when when I got into recovery and, and came off of heroin fentanyl was going into the heroin then you know, it had its own name, you know, it was gray dope and ghost dope and all of that. It was starting then. So how in the world can you put out these ridiculous numbers to give someone a false sense of security to think that those are those are big city problems? You know, we are Bible Belt. We're doing good here. That lying to people, you're losing people through the lie. Well, four years ago when Ashley died, I live in a rural area in Colorado. And Ashley was one of 10 people killed by the same distributor. There was one distributor of fentanyl in my town in 2017, wow. 2018. Now, good luck catching anybody because you, there's so many. Mm -hmm. um, but back then, one of 10? That's incredible to me that 10 people died. We never heard about it. Yeah. No one was talking about it. This didn't alarm anyone or alert anyone. Right. And, you know, fentanyl testing in my area had just begun. So mm. they wouldn't have known anyway, you know. Uh, and I can tell you when you, we, you look at these numbers, there's testing that's not going on in many places. Um, the numbers are, I don't believe, to be correct. And in this time sitting here, you know, I measure time now by thinking of how many people we're losing. That's why it seems to be so urgent to me all the time. And I feel like I can't stop. We've been in here for 35 minutes and... Um, six people gone in my head is how I'm seeing time wow. every five minutes, wow. you know, if not more. Wow. And we've really, we've got to push at the top. We have to push our um, government to start talking about this. We are losing the most precious people yes. and they can help us. We need their help. You know, that was that was one of the questions that I that I actually had here, you know, and I'll and I'll ask this question to each of you. You know, what would both of you like to see happen from like a top level Dallas, you know, government organizations, you know, how can how can what's our best scenario from your perspective? And, and both of you answer that. Well, drugs anyway. have always come into the United States from always. other places. Yes. So um but right now we have to concentrate on the amounts we know that about five percent was being interdicted maybe six months ago what is it now so when you see these seizures that this truckload of fentanyl or these four kilos or whatever could take out x amount of people that's just one seizure what's mm. getting passed yeah and and where is all of that? That's my other question. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's indicative of stockpiling, really. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you could hire a, a thousand more agents or do whatever you want, but we've got to address this as a state of the national security threat that it is. It's being yes. brought in by China, sold to us by the Mexican cartels, and now we see uh, other countries bringing it into. Yes. That needs to be addressed. And, and yeah. when you talk about, you know, war on drugs didn't work and all of these things, well, it's exactly what Mike said. It's not working and we've got to uh, figure out how we can hold them accountable for taking out so many Americans. Absolutely. And that would be number one, address the national security threat. 
and mm. the public health crisis because now this has made even more people addicted people that thought they were using another drug and or, and fentanyl was in it and they can't stop their yeah. recovery rate is really small there so we've got to address the public health crisis and we've got to get warnings out to the american public like asap if i can mm. pick one thing right now go on television and tell everybody like you warned us during COVID, and yes. uh, get the word out there make yes. it mandatory at this point to be in schools don't wait till it's too late look at the kids we've lost in the high schools in the last couple just last month yeah wow. it happened next week and the week after and continue on until we get the word out. Gosh, amazing, amazing. So, I mean, I, I, I'll shoot for the skies real quick. Shut down the fucking border. <laughs> just, just shut it down. And, and 30 <laughs> days and let's see what happens. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, you, you asked, so that was the first thing that popped up. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, but, it's an open show. You said, uh, I wanted the truth. I want yeah, the truth. I, I, I was on Dr. Phil, so the guy Derek, right? He took you know one of them sugar packets, you know the mm -hmm. sweet and low packets. He ripped it open, he put it in his hand, he showed the audience. He said it's enough fentanyl to kill 500 people. One sugar packet, right? There's enough fentanyl coming into the country on a monthly basis, a monthly basis to wipe out the whole population. So let me go because what I know is recovery. I work in treatment. Our treatment facilities need to get better. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Get us off the drugs. They don't only teach us how to stay off the drugs. And then they push us right out back into right. where we were. So let's yeah. start creating treatment facilities that help us build our credit, right? Yes. Our job training, resume building. You know what I'm saying? With uh, housing after the fact. Right, you're just coming in and you're collecting insurance money. You got these body broken uh, companies, these private insurance companies, sending people from one state to another state just to collect the money. Like it, it's a whole insurance scam. You know what I'm saying? Make a whole task force to start dealing with that because if your child happens, and I hate to use this, for the lack of a better word, not be the one and done. They're gonna be addicted, right? Yeah. So now, how do how do we tackle that? You know what I'm saying? How do we tackle the addiction? Because a lot of us don't go to treatment, LC, you know, because it's bullshit at the end yeah. of the day. You have yeah. to change the curriculum. You know what I'm saying? You need people like us in there. I'm not saying therapists yeah. need to be there. I'm not saying that. Like, I work in treatment. The ones that put their most of their heart in there are the ones that used to be addicted that are in recovery. The ones that are yep. just for a paycheck as a client myself, I don't even want to hear your bullshit. Even if you have something that could help me, don't say you know how I feel because you don't know how I right. feel. Write it in a book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You understand how I feel. You don't know how I feel. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? The difference between the two. So my thing is we got to hit, and then the schools. We got to get into the schools, and you have to let people like us speak in them schools. Not a suit, not a slideshow all the time. You know what I'm saying? Don't show us Snoopy and Donald Duck walking and picking up. No, that's not going to work. Like, you got to give these kids the reality of what's really going on out here. Yes. What's really going on out here is you're going to die. And because of television, because of the brainwashing of television, the death has been so diluted that we don't even appreciate what death really matters. You know what I'm saying? Death yeah. means you're going to die one day. So you should be living your best life today. You will never get October 8, 2022 again. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But we don't realize because we keep waking up every day that we think tomorrow's guaranteed. It's Absolutely. not guaranteed, especially when it comes to this fentanyl. You got six bullets in the chamber and you think you're playing Russian roulette. No, you're just playing suicide at this point. Yes. Yeah, yes. I remember when Ashley first died and thinking that every time I told her story that I was just the poor lady that had lost a child, a, a, a human interest story, right? Well, now people in these, you know, the affected families I know, they've lost one, two, three children or two of their children and a brother and a sister. I mean, this is, uh, this is so horrible. And, and I got to a point where I just wanted to talk about fentanyl because I thought that's what they're looking at. They're just looking at my daughter being gone and yep. they close the newspaper, turn off the TV and they don't think about it anymore. Yep. Poor yep. lady. And yep. that's not what it is. There are hundreds of thousands of families out there and it's happening every day, every five minutes, all day long. Absolutely. And so this is worse. When you talk about all these issues clouding our minds and us getting filled up with all this negative inter uh, information. Say it. And energy. <laughs> you said the word energy. You said it. Uh, you know, <laughs> you why aren't we looking at this at the top? 
about yeah. problems when it's when we're talking about our youth. Yeah, because when we're talking about like, like we're real and we're in it right now, so let's get in it. So we're we're talking about issues right now that really don't matter. We're 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 still in the pick aside culture, and we are being destroyed. You know, when we talk about America, America's been the number one superpower or, or whatever for so long. How many people? You know, how many other places want to take a shot at us? And I think that there are specific ones that have been playing the long game with us for a long time. We'll just watch them implode. Now, I believe this when we saw the whole opioid epidemic and crisis really, you know, come to the forefront that, you know, but remember, it had to get to the suburbs before it ever came out into the forefront when other people have been dying for, for, you know, years in there. And I think that, you know, we've been watching ourselves implode. And right now, they're up in the game on us. And this is absolutely a a, a national security issue. And, And, you know, like one of my dreams since I got into, just got into recovery and and had strong legs under me, knew that, oh, okay, you know, I can heal. Because it's not about always being the gazelle lying in wait of the lion of relapse. We got to become the lion. We just can't become a better gazelle or a faster gazelle to outrun the relapse. We got to come become the damn lion. We have to heal the places within us. And that's what recovery is about to me. So one of my dreams has always been to have places where people come in. I don't care if you're coming straight from the street, still addicted, but the whole program is a, is a completely surrounding program. You know, whatever it is that a person needs. And we go through housing and we go through the whole detox process and then we go to the wellness process. But, you know, you're right. We've got to, you know, we've got to get everything around us. People have to learn to start creating their own positive energy where they are because one affects the collective. So as we change ourselves, that then turns out and, and changes the collective. And so that's what the recovery community, to me, while we're being so positioned to help this great awakening happen. And Andrea, you're a huge part of this as well, because you're in the recovery community, because recovery equals healing. It doesn't really have anything about addiction to me. It's healing. How do I turn this tragedy into triumph? How do I take this and let it be a gift to humanity? Because I think that's what we're here for. We're vessels to to give. And we're, we're vessels to help other people be able to see divinity through us. And that's what the recovery community does. That's our whole point. You know, it's not getting clean and sober. It is about how do you become the lion? Like, like you know, clean and sober just helps you be a better gazelle and helps you be a little clearer and faster to see relapse come in. No, man. How do you become the lion? How do we become the lion? We become the lion with voices like yours, Andrea, with voices like yours, Mike, with voices, you know, that are all here with us. So, you know, we're creating a different space for people to be. We, we said this a few weeks ago in a conversation, Mike, we're making recovery the epidemic. That's what we have to do. We have to make this look more appealing than than because in the 90s, when 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 addiction was was the big thing i mean we looked at all of our musicians all of our artists and and they were all like the people we admired from my point of view too like i always wanted to be a part of the 27 club what kind of dream is that you know to be for all of those you know i look worship people like janis joplin and Jimi hendrix i wanted to be a part of that club what kind of dream is that man and i was telling people that dream and nobody was saying you sure that's a dream you want to be? Like, you, you sure that's how you want to go? Like, we got to make this not the cool thing to be anymore. We've got to take this away and, 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 and let people know that wellness is available. Recovery is available. You don't always have to outrun your drug of choice or, or drugs at all. Like, you can get to a place. You will never, ever in your life hear me say, hey, my name is LC and I'm an addict. Won't happen. Won't happen. I will not prophesy over myself like that and build a box around myself because I can never grow bigger than that box if I keep that box around me. You'll never hear that. Never. And I, I agree with the recovery thing. One of the main things uh, with the whole movement and everything like that, it, it's recovery is a journey that we're all on. You know, I, all of us. Is that it's a, an alcoholic or a drug addict thing. No, no, no. 
there's one universal language that I think we all could identify with, and that's pain, right? Mm. The universal language. We would like love to be, but right now we're not there yet. So pain is, right? So everything that Andrea's been through, I've been through, you've been through, all our pain is what brought us here in this moment right here, right now. So recovery is a spiritual journey, right? It has nothing to do with the recuperation of drugs and the drink. It has nothing to do with right. Like you're saying, I had to look beyond the drugs right now. Like the drugs were limited me because that's why recovery got boring to me because I made it about the drugs. And when the drugs yes. moved out of my life, my growth would stop. And once my growth would stop, I would relapse because that's what made recovery boring to me. Recovery yes. is a lifestyle, it's a mindset, and it's a way of living, right? Yes. We all have grief. We all have pain. We all have depression. We all have anxiety. You can't fix those things. So therefore, I don't believe we're broken as people. No, we need, we're not. We need healing because when something's broke, it can never be put whole again. Recovery allows you to become whole again, where your mind and your soul are no longer in bondage and they're working together. So addiction, for anyone that thinks addiction is a drug and drink thing, understand addiction is a mental illness. Right, yes. there's many forms of dependency when it comes to addiction. You got gambling, you got eating, you got sex, you got internet, you got work, you got whatever it is that takes you outside of yourself and makes you make choices of not of a sound mind is an addiction. If you don't think you're addicted to something, every time you think of using this, put it down for 24 hours. That's and then tell me how you feel. You know what I'm saying? It. To your phone. So we're That's all it to some it's the most human thing there is in this world so why don't we take the one thing that makes us all pretty much similar because the only thing that makes us the same is the fact that we're different in my opinion but yes. something that makes us similar and come together and fight this war together from so many different they're trying to divide us if that's you it any kind of person in any kind of recovery yeah. we don't care about your sexual orientation you better know it god you pray to we don't care about the color of your skin we don't care about any of that if you Preach. need help and i can help you and you can help me we're gonna rock together that's how we become one voice that's how we become the population and that's how we start saving our kids that's and it if no one is gonna stop the at the federal level stop the flood of fentanyl that's coming into the united states we've got to address the demand that's and right. so when we work with the recovery and the addicted community then we're bringing everyone in to get the same message. And yes. I work with a lot of people and sometimes they don't like that. But guess what? <laughs> <laughs> we're working with the people that are dying from these drugs. So absolutely. you have got to include everyone. You and, absolutely uh, do. There should be no division here. No, no division, no division. And, and unfortunately, you know, that seems to be, you know, it just gets bigger and bigger every day. You're Democrat or Republican or you're this or you're that or pick a side. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a transgender man. I'm a transgender human being. And even in that community, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, like, this is not the way that we we're human beings. Like, we've got to learn to appreciate the divinity in each other. And that is the differences in our small things. I mean, for the most part, we all have a liver. We all bleed the same color. We all got a pancreas. Like, there's so much about us that's alike that when do we learn to celebrate our differences and, like you said, come together? And for those things that make people uncomfortable, that's where you know you have to grow. Uncomfortableness mm -hmm. is the greatest gift you can ever, ever receive because that's when you know you got to grow. You stay comfortable, that's where you can't go past comfort. You, you cannot rise above that unless you get uncomfortable. And, you know, we, we asked this question of our administration recently in a letter that we sent to the president. Where is the respect for human life? Now, we can just discount so many people. One, my organization, Facing Fentanyl, just had a uh, national day, the first Fentanyl Prevention and Awareness Day. And people said, that's ridiculous. You know, that we need a day for this. Well, you, when you lose hundreds of thousands of people, yeah, uh, you do. And so at first I was wondering if we were making a mistake doing this by having a national day. But you do have to recognize that so many people have been lost, continue to be lost. Uh, I shudder to think about the numbers. I don't even want to see them because it will be mind-blowing and horrible to know that many more people. As if people are just vanishing. Yes. Okay. Yes. To open our eyes. And we need to work together. 
Absolutely. That's, that brings me to an, another question, and it's kind of on the same lines as the last one. But how can we, as a human collective, and we've talked about this a lot, but that, more specifically, how can we, as a human collective, help raise the awareness about this? So just say, you know, not what we're doing right now, but, but if, you know, just, just the everyday person going to a job, not in the recovery community or, or whatever. How can, how can we help? How can we become a part of this right where we are? Well, I think that, you know, first we need to reach out to our kids. If you're listening to this, have the conversation now. Just mm. ask, what do you know about fentanyl? Have you mm. ever seen any of this on your phone um, or anywhere? Do you know someone that's died from it? Start the conversation. It's not that terrible. Open the door. Yeah. And you can, you can, you know, you keep talking about it later or whatever, but, but let your kids know first and foremost. And tell someone anyone out there whether you have kids or not tell someone and and tell them about the conversations that you've heard and it can happen to anyone doesn't matter how much there's no socioeconomic boundary for this Amen. uh for fentanyl and it's horribly devastating and that's why people like me and the hundreds of thousands of my friends that have lost uh a child or someone they love are so adamant about going out there and spreading education and spreading awareness uh, because this is devastating. Absolutely. You, there's no looking back. Yeah. So, yeah. For, yeah. For me, mm. right? So something's not your problem until it becomes your problem. And then when it becomes your problem, you're wondering why nothing was done about the problem. So we'll become part of the solution. How you become part of the solution? Go to the PTA of your child's elementary school and ask them mm. if they're holding anything about fentanyl awareness. If your child's in high school, go to the counselors, go to the teachers. What are you teaching my child about fentanyl? What do you know about fentanyl? If you have nephews and nieces, you don't have children. Go to their school. You know what I'm saying? You know, help, help the message be spread you see something on social media share it on your stories instead yes. of sharing the, the video of the dog and the cat running after each other you know what i'm saying yeah. start sharing start flooding it like the way they're flooding it with drugs start flooding everything with the awareness and the prevention and what i really think we need our musicians we need our celebrities we need the artists we need the people the newspapers are a little different right we'll get to that another day but we need we need the people that these kids look up to yes a lot yeah. of people in recovery that are celebrities and musicians we need you guys to step up you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, we're, we need you to show the kids to do because you have that platform. You're famous. Like you were saying, you wanted to be part of the 27 Club. That's yep. how, you know, cool it looked, right? Yep. Well, let's start making it look cool that we're talking about fentanyl awareness and prevention and start holding some events like you have Summer Jam, have fentanyl awareness jam. Yes. You know? Like there's so many celebrities out there that are doing great things. But like you said, we can't match the darkness. We yeah. have to rise above the darkness. So everyone has a part to play in this. And if you're an addict, listen to me. Like we're really the ones that are going to make the difference, right? You better stop believe it. Stop selling the drugs. Stop stealing for the drugs. Stop robbing for the drugs. Stop using the drugs. They could bring mountains of this shit into the country. Yeah. And it will hold no value. Like Andrea said, the demand. The demand is high because we're using it. We stop using it. Listen, I, I don't think we will ever stop it from ever coming into the country. So let's maybe move past of not being able to stop it and start coming up with solutions on how do we prevent it from yes. getting to our kids since it's already here. It's yeah. here. So it, it's not going nowhere. So now we have to step up. So get involved in your community. Go to your local congressman, your local assemblyman. Ask them what they're doing. Midterms is coming. Use the yeah. one power they give us that we take yep. for granted. The power our vote and let's start coming together and consolidating our vote and start voting for the people that are going to come into office and make a change and listen if they don't if no one's coming then let's start getting each other into them offices because we do live in a country where you can vote for anybody that's you know right start getting ourselves in those seats because you know what's going to happen if we start getting them seats they will conform because that's their whole life that's their addiction that's right that whole life is their addiction so we yep. did whatever we had to do to keep our addiction going they will conform if we start getting louder. So let's get louder with that vote as well. Midterms is coming. Do your research. You can't find any research. Reach out to myself or Andrea and we'll get you that research that you need. Use that power of vote, man. 
Absolutely. Beautifully said. Wonderfully said. You know, it, it gives it makes me so excited. I was asked to be to sit on a board here in in the county in which I live and to help guide what needs to happen in recovery. And I'm so grateful that we did this now because that first board meeting that I'll be sitting on comes on November the 8th. And so I now am completely clear about what we're going to to do and the direction that we're going to go. And so I'm grateful that we're having this conversation now. You know, one thing I want to want to bring up, you know, there is a parent that and this goes back to what you were both just saying. There's a, there's a parent that I that I know and I respect her as a friend and she's got two young children in in elementary school. I mean, they're young and she does everything she can to protect them from all of these different issues. And one of her comments to me about, and again, we're talking about issues that don't matter. Not once have we had a conversation about fentanyl. It's always about transgender and what the schools are doing with that. And and, and one of her comments was, well, I don't want this thing to become a trend. Why are people so afraid to have these hard conversations with their kids? If you don't have this conversation, you know, it's easy to have a conversation about something that you can put hate into children about. It's easy for you to do that when it comes to other people. Have this conversation with them about what they know about fentanyl because you're going to be surprised when they when they pipe back to you and say they know something about it or they've heard something about it or or little Jimmy's brother, you know, had that or died, you're going to be surprised. But take the steps to have those uncomfortable conversations and stop worrying about what you think the big picture is going to be because you both are right. We can't lock arms and go stand at the borders and and stop things from coming in, but what we can start doing today is raising healthy whole human beings, confident creators, because that's what we are. We are, we're not consumers. Consumerism is crashing down around us. We are creators, divine creators. That's who each one of us are. When we start to, to cut out some of the deficits in our children, then we can stop some of that addiction. And when we start working on ourselves, no matter how old our children are, you know, my son's 22. I'm still trying to be the best father I can be because no matter what, you know, as long as he's on the earth, he's always going to be looking to me for what the next example is, whether he admits it or not. And unfortunately, he is in a relationship with a much older woman that does have um, an, an opioid issue. And so I've been talking to him about fentanyl, like, listen, don't ever take something, you know, that's given to you these pills. Oh, well, she buys them from this. I'm like, that's what she thinks. You know, that's what she thinks. Don't you get involved in that, man. You know, this, these things are deadly. They're dangerous. These pills can look identical. And I sent the post, the, the little blue pill post, you know, to him. And so I'm grateful to have that type of information at my fingertips so that I can make a point. So it's not just dad saying something, but here I can, I can show you this as well. So how can people, so this is how the, the quickest place that people can get in touch with you, Andrea, is facebook.com slash voices for awareness. They can go to my uh, website at voices or just contact me, Andrea at voices And, or they can go to facing um, if they're an affected family or want fentanyl facts, they can find that there and a lot of support for them. There's so many people that other organizations that I work with that are so wonderful and um, all over the United States and very supportive for new families. That and and so that's face, facing fentanyl now dot com, right? Dot org okay. dot org. Oh, see, I got to edit that. Our, Voicesforawareness.com. Okay. All right. I want to make sure that gets up there because you have so much amazing information. And Mike, we know where to find you, most of us. And I'm going to throw that up there too. So um, anyone out there, like, let's say uh, we need people to start going to town hall meetings. We need people to start, you know, showing faces and letting them, you know, letting these people in, in legislation know that we're here we're going to make a, a presence so whatever state you're in whatever town you're in he's going to dm me 
Tell me what town you're in. I'll, I'll do my best to find more people, you know, that are part of Inspire Inspire and all the other organizations to maybe go with you. But start showing faces. Start letting them know that we're there. Start letting them know that we're going to be coming because now they're going to have to, you know what I'm saying? We play their game against them and nobody can play a better manipulation game than an addict. You know what I'm saying? Come on, got to like, use the skills you got. We could, we could play their game too, but we also have to show them that we're not just going to, you know, come once and stop going because then it's like, you know, they won't take us serious. So whatever city you're in, whatever state you're in, if you want to start holding events, if you need information, flyers, whatever it is, if you want to help this cause, DM me. You know what I'm saying? The DMs are already blowing up. I will get to them as quickly as I possibly can. But we need your help. This is how you help us. This is how you help you know what I'm saying? You make a life matter. And how you can make a life matter that's no longer here is by making more awareness and prevention so the next life isn't lost. So, like, yes. you can make lives matter across the board, whether they're here in the physical or not, because the spirit is always here. So let's always. continue to lift spirits. Let's continue to lift each other up. And please, please jump on board with us and help us out with this. Well, I'm down. I'm going to be the first one to take that. Take that invitation tonight, please. Make sure that you guys send me all this information because, uh, you know, my wheels are turning now. And you're right for for the for the misinformation that I have just read just within the last couple of days about my own state is a, an absolute lie. It's a false sense of security. We got to do something to get the truth out there. You know, we got to trust that people know how to take the truth. You know, like we've all gotten really offensive and, and seem very delicate. We're not really that delicate. You know, like we can think for ourselves. It is time for us to start doing that. We can do for ourselves and and we can we can do what's necessary to help save that next generation. You know, my hope is that four generations from now, they will not be dealing with addictions in this way that they will not be, you know, in these kind of positions, but that happens with us. That happens with us right now. We have to, um, get on board with each other. So make sure everybody goes facing fentanylnow.org, voicesforawareness.com. Make sure you connect with Andrea Thomas at Facebook, uh, voices for awareness Make sure you DM Mike Fiore and let him get back to you. I know those DMs are already blowing up. I already know you, kid. You put up <laughs> one post. One post this kid puts up and calls me uh, one of his mentors or something. And all of a sudden, my DM's blowing up. Like, man, you got to be Mike's mentor. I'm like, what has happened? What's happened? I got to find out what's happened. This kid's on fire, man. You're walking in your purpose. I'm grateful for you. I'm so grateful that the two of you have gotten yourselves together and that we're all together on this, man. There's just there's so much, so much, so much to be done. <sighs> I'm with you guys Thank 100%. You for letting us have a conversation like this uh, where we're not in two minutes spitting facts out trying to get people's attention yeah. and delving a little deeper into it. I love it. Thank you Man, so much. Me too. Me and, too. Uh, there's a me great too. quote Thank on you. how to make society better that I heard, right? Society gets better when the elderly plant trees in which a shade they will never sit under. Got Start it. planting some pl uh, trees for which a shade you will never sit under, but the children of the future will get to sit underneath it and make this world a better place. Because that's how Amen. true greatness happens, right? When you inspire one person to inspire another to inspire another. Amen. Golly, I've enjoyed this so, so much. I love both of you, Andre. I've just met you. I'm already a fan. This is my soul tribe season. I'm telling you, <laughs> this is my soul tribe season. I, I'm so grateful. Everybody, up! Oh, I'm knocking stuff over. Everybody, do all the stuff. Make sure that you, that you get in touch with Mike. Get in touch with Andrea. Start doing what you can do on your local front. Make sure that you push all the cool buttons and you're able to get this message out more. You know, algorithms can be used for bad. Algorithms can be used for good. So let's start smashing those like buttons and start getting stuff like this in the algorithm so we can see more of it and save more lives. That's what it's about. I love you guys so much. And guess what? Next week, we're going to have Mike back on with Curtis and Danny of the sober app 2.0 we're gonna know what's happening there when we can start looking forward man i can't wait i can't wait i cannot wait i'm so excited and so y'all join us back here same spot at 8 p.m eastern standard time mike fiore curtis waslow danny it's the sober app 2.0 but y'all make sure you do all that you can do 
heal each other, man. We're all in this together. We are all one. There's no doubt about this. We got to stand on the wings of those we've lost and make this world a better place. And yes, it is up to us. Thank you all so much. I love you guys. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.